Guides in the Gulf. Got a bit of thunder going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, so a bit of a behind the scenes to start with today. Um, yeah, so our, with this podcast, uh, I, I feel like our, our roles are uh, fairly well matched where yeah. sort of Ash is really well researched with all sorts of topics and I don't have the time or patience to to know a little bit about everything, which which Ash certainly does. In fact, if you ever want to pick an argument with him, if he starts mm-hmm. arguing back, <laughs> I would back down straight away because he'll never, ever pick it like... Uh, follow through with an argument that he knows he's not right on. If he backs down, then it means he doesn't know enough about the topic. Yeah, but anyway, so with Ash, he he, he writes a lot of notes usually for uh, for a podcast. Um, and then we come in and I'll have a few notes to add and then then we'll sort of record an episode. And that's when my, my work starts. After that, I'll go home and sort of start putting the whole episode together. So I do all the sort of technology side of it and Ash does a lot of the the content side of it. Make sure it sounds good and then putting all the clips in there and then yeah. doing the show notes and... Well, even the clips, I think I've got... Oh, how many years have we, we been doing videos together? I've probably got eight, ten years worth of, of library footage yeah, that, I, that yeah. I can use. Yeah, so that's a bit of a sort of behind the scenes of uh, sort of how, how we do this um, and sort of flowing on from that um, with the behind the scenes, we thought we would actually do a bit of a talk today about some of the comments and, and messages we've been getting and tell you just basically answer all your questions about about the podcast, about crabbing, about fishing, about everything that you guys have been asking questions about. What do you yeah. reckon? Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. There's plenty of them to go through. Yeah. Thousands of them. We could actually probably spend several hours sitting here and going through. We could. Um, Depends how angry we want, we want to get. We're on, the he- <laughs> we're on heavy beers as well. so <laughs> Prepping. Prepping. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so yeah, that's probably a good one to start on, mate. Bloody yeah. uh, heavy beers. Yeah, trying to do the right thing, having bloody uh, zeros for a while, and uh, yeah. trying to look after myself a little bit, have a couple of months off the grog. Yeah, one video, one picture of bloody big ash holding a, uh, a zero, a blue, and yeah. get torn to pieces in the comments section. <laughs> Absolutely torn to pieces. Uh, uh, this but yeah, probably I'd say ten comments in there of people going, "Oh, what's with the what's with the zero alcohol?" Yeah. It's like, "Oh, we're, uh, these guys these guys should be wearing skirts." Or like, <laughs> if they had any idea, like the 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 quantity of beer that we do drink, real beer that we drink. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not it's really a much throughout thing. the season, mate. Yeah. Like there's uh, there's not too many nights down the club where we don't close it out. You know, like if we're in town and uh, not out in the boat or something, then. Pretty much at the club every night um, until close. Yeah. Hence why zero alcohol beers for a little while to yeah. uh, just you know. Try don't have and, time off. Try yeah. and look after yourself. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really do that, which <laughs> I, I really need to. Mm. Yeah, I think I did about four months off off the beers last year, and then like I say one video, mate. All of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I'll even. All the cut, champions I'll, come out. <laughs> I'll even cut to a clip of the video right now, and I'll we'll show you the whole clip. Mm. Jesus, you got him. <laughs> you ever seen a snatch like that, mate? <laughs> so that was uh, that was Thumburn, Thumburn fishing when he literally had just arrived at King Ash Bay. He was staying at the lodge. Yeah, he'd been there 
less than 10 minutes and saw there was a car bogged out the back and we were trying to get it out. And again, with the comments of in that video, people saying, oh, you should never do it on the toe walls. And it's like, well, we weren't. Yeah. It wasn't. And people saying, oh, you shouldn't smash that hard. You should you should do it easy and um, slow and steady. And I'm like, well, we did try that for 25, 30 minutes before we did this. And big storm rolling in and trying to get it out of there before because it turns into a, a proper river there yeah. when, it, when it rains. So. Yeah. Trying to get that vehicle out of there quick. So. Yeah, that's the big. That's what frustrates you, me. You don't. You don't get the whole picture in a thirty-second TikTok video. You don't get yeah. the whole picture of what's going on, obviously. Um, yeah. So when people are already, you know, making uh, assumptions, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, makes makes them look a bit silly to us. Yeah. To other people that don't understand the whole background, like the whole backstory and what's going on, maybe, uh, maybe it seems, uh, you know, like legit, legitimate comments, but certainly when you know the full story, <laughs> it looks a bit silly. Yeah. And that's what I find with the uh, any of my videos that have gone, let's call it viral, um, in the short form, like um, TikTok or YouTube Shorts or Instagram or, or Facebook Reels, so any mm. of those short videos, any of those ones that have got over, say, 500,000 views, mm. that that's when you start going into the real, the negative comment. Like, don't read the comment section on those ones because you're going to get people that are just going to frustrate you. Like, they're people yeah. that have no idea of the whole situation and they think they're an expert. Yeah. And without knowing anything, especially with the crabbing video, uh, videos. Yeah. When, yeah. When they see a box full of, of crab, yeah. Like, after a day working, like, then you've checked 90 crab pots for yeah. the day and there's a box full of crab and people just think, oh, overfishing or where, where are the limits and yeah. all this sort of stuff. I'm like, if they had any idea of the amount of content that we put out, to do with the sustainability of the fishery and, and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, that's it. And that's, you know, like, again, what people don't realise is, and it's just people that don't have much knowledge on it are the ones that are making silly comments like, you know, oh, you know, commercial fishermen, are, you know, they're the, the rapists of the ocean and stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> it is so heavily regulated, especially commercial mud crab fishing. Like, all the boats have GPS trackers on them. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if that gets turned off or whatever, like straight away or, you know, within 24 hours, you'll get an email or a phone call from AFMA, um, you know, the the uh, federal authority that looks after yeah. all, all commercial fishing. And they'll be saying, hey, you, you've got to return to port, fix your VMS, so your vessel monitoring system. Um, it's not polling at the moment, so they can't see where you're at. So, you know, you get a very short window to get it fixed or return to port. And then if you can't get it fixed, then you have to uh, put in an application for a TSO, temporary switch off permit to turn it off. So like you, you watch like that, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week via um, AFMA, via GPS, um, via satellite. And then, um, you know, then you have things like the sea rangers here all the time that are out patrolling, doing, you know, doing patrols, checking crab pots and stuff, making sure everyone's uh, compliant in, in uh, what they're doing there. Then you have obviously water police and like in the Northern Territory, we don't have a, an actual um, fisheries enforcement section. We've just got water police, but water police are like any Northern Territory police officers basically uh, can be a water police at the same time. Yeah. It's not a, you know, although they do have a separate section, which um, solely focuses on um, policing, you know, commercial fishing and that sort of thing. And that'd be a geographic yeah. reason as well, wouldn't it? For example, I know well, I've seen before in Borrelula, there's a police boat but there's yeah, no water yeah. police in Borrelula. No. So if the police had to go on the water here to say search for a missing person or something like that, they would, it's just regular police from Borrelula. Correct. Jumping in the boat. Yeah. 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 And yeah, well, it's, you're right. It's geographical because obviously, you know, we're a thousand kilometers from Darwin, you know, um, if something happens or, or, you know, something gets reported by a, a tourist or whoever, and it needs to be checked out, you know, the water police don't want to have to travel the whole way from Darwin down to here to do a, a quick job down the river. So obviously, you know, we need the 
local coppers to do it. And then again, we've got the sea rangers as well who get subbed out to do some. Um, although they don't have enforcement powers, they um, are able to collect data and uh, collect yeah. evidence and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, they do training with water police and stuff to be able to do that. So, um, so we've got plenty of people in the air that keep an eye on things. Um, but, you know, it's not just that. Like, look at the, the Northern Territory coastline, I think about just under 11,000 kilometres of coastline for the Northern Territory. Yeah, wow. There's only 49 commercial mud crab licences in the Northern Territory. So with 60 pots. So you're looking at, <laughs> you know, 60 by 49 and then, uh, you know, divide that into, uh, you know, close to 11,000 kilometres. So basically it works out. You've got like one crab pot every few kilometres or something like that yeah. if they're evenly spaced out. That doesn't include any of the river systems or yeah. anything. So Yeah, there's some rivers that just never get crab. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and some so, parts of the coastline as well. So, so. when you, you were talking about that VMS, so if that... So that's the GM, the GPS. So there, there could be someone sitting in an office checking on you where you're going. So if just say mm -hmm. one license is 60 crab pots. So yeah. using their data, they could see on a map or whatever that you're stopping 65 times each day. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, they could go, hey, wait a sec, you're you're using 65 crab pots. You've only got a license for 60. But, so you could potentially get in trouble for that. But potentially, well, I mean, I suppose they would utilize that data and yeah. um, and then forward that on to, you know, water police oh, or yeah. sea rangers to yeah. collect more evidence maybe yeah. and, and find out what's going on. Um, but certainly the the idea of this is to keep track of where your boat is at yeah. all times. So, you know... Um, Oh, you're not yeah. going into zones that are protected and yeah. all, all sorts of stuff. Closed like that. areas and things yeah. like that, you know. And people have got in trouble for that before. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, because I've I've seen the book on the mud crab fishery and the laws and the rules and that involved in it. It's mm. sixty pages long or something like that. There's, yeah. Well, there's a few different things as well. So you know, the mud crab management plan, um, harvest strategy. Yeah. Then there's all the actual law about it as well. So yeah. um, then there's you know. All, all sorts of other information oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, then there's like the Fisheries Act or something. Which Absolutely, would, there's, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. So, and then on, on top of that, so like any any the commercial operators have to have a, you know, the boat's got to be in survey. Um, you know, they've got to have the VMS. Uh, they've got to have a coxswain's ticket. So they're basically a, a commercial boat license to operate. Um, you have to have an approved operator card. So like if you want to do um, commercial mud crab fishing, you have to go, uh, to fisheries and actually do an interview with those, with fisheries um, and they'll go through all the rules and regulations with you and then you've got to got to basically um, prove to them that you know enough about it to be able to get um, to be able to become an approved operator and that that's all before you can get a license and yeah, then wow. then to get a license like to buy one they're not a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars you know they're hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy one license yeah, wow. um, you know or you can lease one um, from a commercial you know from a owner um, but again that's tens of thousands of dollars so per year yeah per year so it's not um it's not a cheap exercise yeah well it's another thing with comments that i get there's a lot of people that that comment saying oh i'd love to come there, come up there and do some crabbing for a year and it's like well even for me like so I, I live here i'm mates with all you guys but i couldn't just go be a crabber you, you need to have an, an agent in dart like someone to sell your crabs to yeah um you need like the, the, the the boat, the license, you can't just walk up to someone and say, oh, can I get a license? Like license up, licenses aren't easy to get, are they? No, no, certainly yeah. not. Like yeah. I said, there's only 49 in the Northern Territory, so. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they're all occupied all the time. All yeah, exactly. Utilized yeah. All the time, so if there so. was 250 licenses in the Northern Territory, they would probably all be yeah. occupied, yeah. Yeah, so obviously in terms of, um, yeah, comments around um, 
uh, sustainability and things like that. It's a highly sustainable industry. Oh, you know? definitely. Let's let's literally dive straight into some comments. What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon right, the most recent comment I have on my on my page is, oh no, it's from two hours ago. It's just awesome. I'll give that a like. Um, <laughs> it's from uh, one from five hours ago from someone. Straw what garage is their username on YouTube? Unfortunately, I don't give a damn about your finger. I wish the crab would win every now and then, and uh, and it was and it was on film so we could see it. And that was uh, the video, the Mad Mullet. So he's he's basically saying like, oh, I hope you get bitten on the fingers because like leave the crabs alone. So uh, what what video was that one on? That was on the Mad Mullet though. So a golf mud crab. Oh, one. So, so on YouTube, yeah, yeah, not, yeah not on, on TikTok, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> why? They've, they've yeah. taken time out of their day to watch that video and that video has had like 300,000 views and everyone loves it. Like, it's a great video. Yeah. And then this guy's been like, oh, well, yeah, well, I hope you get bitten on the finger, basically. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So you, with the negative comments, you kind of have to laugh sometimes and yeah. just think, oh, firstly, you're helping the algorithm. Like, even if you leave a negative comment, it still helps my channel. Yeah, that's it. Um. And secondly, I sort of feel sorry for them in that, like, the, the highlight of their day is is going online for a couple of hours and, and trying to upset people, you know. Yeah. That's, and, and the flip side is anyone that's been here and met the man, Mullet absolutely loves him, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, oh, most people, anyway. He's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he's an absolute champion. So, yeah. so like, yeah, to wish um, harm on someone or, you know, it's just, just bloody ludicrous. Yeah. Big time. Um, what uh, do you want to go through some other comments, mate? Yeah. All right. Well, next comment down. One from yesterday on the same video. Um, someone with fifteen thousand exclamation marks at the end saying, "Stop taking the breeders." Stop taking the bre- oh, in, yeah. ter- in terms of mud crabs. Mud crabs. Yeah. So, well, we, we've been through this a fair bit already on the we podcast. Um, but like, obviously, like a female mud crab produces, you know, three plus million eggs yeah. uh, a season. And, it, and let me it, cut you off. I just popped into my head that I should write back as a comment. Tell me you're from Queensland without telling me you're from Queensland. You know what I mean? Because it's, that's someone from, it's just someone who's used to, who's just become used to a law. Mm. Like they're not allowed. That's the only place that you're not allowed to keep females. Maybe mud crabs. I think you are allowed in Western Australia. You are allowed in New South Wales as well. Yeah. It? Okay. So, but yeah, so Queensland. So it's, it's just, you've become used to the law mm. and as a result, you think that everyone else is wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's not really the right way to be. You know, like if, if you look, if the evidence said we shouldn't be taking females here, yeah, then I'd be all for not taking females. Oh, if, 100%. if the evidence said it. And, and, and look, the um, fisheries department. Um, and when I talk about fisheries, I don't mean fisheries enforcement. I don't mean water police. I mean fisheries research. So a department of the government that are basically the scientists um, that um, that manage the fishery. Uh, several years ago when we had poor wet seasons for several years prior to that, they looked at actually uh, closing down part of the mud crab, uh, like making a season for it or potentially uh, restricting the take of female crabs for a period. That never came to fruition though because, again, the year after we had a good wet season and then we had good crab that year. And they weren't looking at closing, like not taking females. It wasn't because of the... They thought that taking the females in previous years had contributed to them being less crabs? No, so but what happens is, so all the crabs that are caught, um, all the crabs that are sold, you have to report to fisheries um, how many kilos of crab you take. So 
they noticed the, uh, a downward trend for a few years of catch. And so he said, look, it's getting to a stage where we need to start looking at things and, and being proactive rather than reactive yep. and going, okay, maybe we need to look at um, restricting the catch of female crab for this year or next year or whatever until we get a good wet season again, whatever. But it turned out that we had a good wet season and it didn't, it didn't yeah, come yeah. to fruition. And, and it just proved that it wasn't because of overfishing. No, it's, it was 100% it was because, seasonal. Which we've yeah, covered, we've, covered we've many times. Yeah. Absolutely been through it a thousand times. It's, yep. It all comes down to um, the seasons. But certainly all, all the crab that are caught male, female doesn't matter they're all um uh, recorded and um and then that that information's put against you you basically what you sell as well so so um you know everything's well and truly managed uh managed to beyond what you would imagine yeah okay as a city i can go through your tiktok and there's so many any any tiktoks that show like again large quantities of crabs like, there's always silly comments like um I wonder how many uh, pots they stole from the grubs. You know, it's like, mate, we're 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 literally a hundred hundred kilometers from here to get to where I was working at the time. Yeah, like there is not another person for a hundred kilometers. Yeah, like there's literally no one, no one else around. The only person that's there is a fellow that comes by a helicopter. Yeah, you know that's and, and he doesn't have any pots up there. I can tell you. So um, I wonder so, how many pots they stole from the grubs. No, no, like it's just such a silly thing too, because like as you know. Um, a lot of the time during the dry season when we don't have big tides you've got to work really flat out just to be able to get to your 90 to, to be able to finish your run like you've got to work really quick and hard to yeah. get through that like you don't have time to be going and looking at other people nor do you want to and it's just yeah it's just such a such a, a silly comment again now look maybe where some people are from maybe in other places in, in metropolitan areas and stuff um, no doubt people do take people's crabs or crab pots and whatever we get stories all the time people that we that come up every year and that that they're from uh say queensland um and they come up here and visit and they're firstly they're blown away by how many crabs you can catch in a crab pot and secondly mm. that there's no people don't steal them don't steal your pots and that they always tell us mm. stories from back home where oh no we have to like if i'm leaving my pots in overnight i have to like camp in the boat near them and things like that and i'm like yeah oh, that's like yeah, I couldn't and, imagine take, touching someone else's pot. I've you, never even touched one of your pots. If I'm down there and I'll, I know, like, because all, all the crabbers here have their own individual float systems, like, you can recognize which crab are by, by, by the floats. By yeah. the floats. So I'll know their ashes. And I know you wouldn't care if I touched your pot, but there's just mm. no way I would risk someone else seeing me touching your pot and then going back to you and saying, oh, Mikey's been. You, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and we're like best mates, and there's no way I would touch your crab pots you know mm. so let alone a strangers yeah and it's like you you do hear from time to time people here complaining that somebody's taken their crab pot from here yeah and like and i've had people come up to me in the boat and said oh mate my crab pot's gone missing i had it over there or whatever but 99 percent of the time it's because they're running cheap pots yeah um not enough line the yeah, pots are really light in the deep water in the deep water yeah. and as the tide's running out the amount of sticks and stuff that come out the rivers, they they literally get tagged, uh, tangled up in your in your floats and your rope, and they get dragged out the front. And that's what I tell people all the time. Oh, like especially like out the Crooked, for example, or out the Macapa, the amount of crab pots you find out there that are three k's out to sea on the sandbar, like three k's out to out towards the ocean, yeah. out the channel, and you find them all in the shallows there because people have just put them in deep water and it's too deep or the, there's too much flow at that time and they've got tangled up in some branches and getting dragged out there because yeah. most people run just them cheap fold up 
um, you know, wire sort of pots that are, um, you know, covered in like the blue, um, like prawn trawler mesh yeah. sort of stuff. And they, they, they only weigh a kilo or something. Um, and that's what happens. They just get dragged, you know, a stick gets caught on them and they get dragged out of the ocean. So you do hear from people quite often that, oh, you know, oh, somebody's taken or stolen my crab boss. I don't think they've stolen them. <laughs> Not likely. Near, like it would near, happen every now and then here. Yeah, but, well, it happens to our pots. Or, yeah. You know, it happens to our pots. They get tangled up with something and you go out, you wait until you have a low tide and then you go and look on the edge of the channels out in the mouth and then you'll find them out there, like nearly all the time. Or one of the other boys, you know, young boy, a mullet or someone will, will call me on the radio or I'll see them here in, back in town here and they'll say, oh, I've found one of your crab pots out on the sandbar outside when you go out there, have a look, there's one there or something. Sometimes, you know, you'll get two or three crab pots will get tangled up together because they'll start dragging and you have them in a line yeah. and they'll all get dragged out and you'll have two or three tangled together you down do, the flats. You do hear that on the radio. If you're listening into Channel 81 on the BHF, um, which I'll actually go and reply to a comment right now um, as that was one of our most recent comments on the last episode we did, uh, which was this one. Comments, old mate says, what was his name? Uh, Kevin Blanchford. Can we have some information about VHF radio when fishing out of King Ash Bay? Um, so that was on the guys in the Gulf Facebook page. Um, so yeah, so at some people at their houses here, they've got a VHF radio yeah. and you'll leave it on channel 81 and you can hear the chatter between, a lot of the time the crabbers be talking with each other, like you were just saying, yeah. um, or just people talking boat to boat or which they shouldn't really do boat to boat when they're out there. But um, yeah, so, Tell us about Channel 81. Which... Yeah, so the fishing club um, basically owns that channel for our area. Yeah. So um, that's registered to the club. Uh, the club has a radio repeater, um, which is out on the islands. Yeah. Um, the club. So how many kilometres would that be? So we're at King Ash Bay here, out where the repeater is. How many kilometres would that be? From here. Yeah. As the crow flies, it'd be 60 k's at yeah, least, okay. I'd say. 60, 70 kilometres. So, but um, the repeater's on top of the hill on one of the islands there. So, yeah. um, uh, but that gives us coverage right throughout the whole area, all around the yeah. islands, all up and down the, the rivers and estuaries and stuff around yeah. King Ash Bay. So if you're it, heading out to Weeby, um, Weeby uh, Fishing and Wilderness Lodge on North Island, yeah. if, before you leave King Ash Bay, you could radio Brett out at Weeby and say... <laughs> Let him know you're coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, for yeah. sure. Or the servo, like if you've got problems or something or, yeah. you know, whatever, you can message the or call up the servo. Um, the houseboat guys, you know, they all operate on 81 with, between the, their houseboat base and the and the houseboat. So yeah. um, it's sort of like the call-up channel. Like it's – people do t talk ship to ship on it, but like if you're out fishing out around the islands or something like that, you might call each other up on, on that that channel yeah. and then and then change to a different channel so that you're not yeah. interrupting yeah, everyone else. Yeah, if you're fishing one kilometre from your mate and you can see their boat over there, yeah, yeah chain, like choose an alternate channel. And, and use that one just to talk boat to boat. Yeah. Just so you're not clogging up 81. Not that it's a drama, but... No, and it's not if you're having long conversations for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, we don't want to hear about, bloody, you're going back to the houseboat for lunch and, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, Jimmy, no, nah, Jimmy's back. Jimmy's had too many beers and now nah, we're going to go back. <laughs> oh, you know that spot we were at yesterday? Yeah, yeah, we trolled past there. We got two cod there every day, every day. <laughs> yeah. So, but you can call each other up on 81. That's the thing. But the distinction needs to be made too is that um, when you're looking at, if you need to buy a radio, it, don't get the 27 megahertz radio. Okay, like this is technology I don't know about. It's a, All it's I know a, is where VHF. Tell a, us more about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's a VHF radio. So 27 megahertz is VHF as well, but it's um, it doesn't cover the same bandwidth. So um, you, 
if you're coming up here, you need a full a full v- marine VHF radio. So like BCF, sell them or any of the big, you know, tackle shops or boat shops or whatever would sell them. But just, yeah, just make the distinction. It's not 27 megahertz. That's the old school. Um, and that's only line of sight. That won't, you won't get the cha- the same amount of channels. So um, the best way to know is when you turn your radio on, if you get channel 81, you'll know it's it's the right one. Yeah. Because um, even on that comment that old mate that we're responding to, oh, no, it wasn't that. Someone else had commented something about radio and then I saw a comment, someone replying back to it saying, oh, no, it would be it would be UHF out there, mate. And I'm like... No, like, it's it, definitely it, not. No, but didn't that... People don't even... Yeah. UHF is ultra high frequency, obviously, but that's that's used for in your Toyota. Yeah, there, that's... You know, yeah. In, you know, land-based stuff mostly. Yeah. And, and that's what get, that's, can get frustrating to, at times in comments, people that... Like clearly didn't know what they were talking about, replying to someone as if they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose if you have any questions that you need answered before you come here, just message us. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll cover it in a podcast for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but yeah, certainly if you're looking at getting a radio, make sure it's a full VHF one, not not the 27 megahertz, which is okay. um, smaller. Um, so what, you can wait, just wait, go to BCF or somewhere any, like that? Any, any like shops, anyone yeah. sells them really, but. But obviously there are there are different things you can get um, for for different industry and that as well. So like some people would use um, you know HF radio or, or VHF radio for other things on land based for you know long distances or whatever. Um, uh, I think yeah, oh, I'm not an expert, definitely not an expert on, on radio, but um, HF radio travels the furthest, the furthest, and then. VHF the second furthest and then UHF the least I think is yeah, how it works. Radio. But like um, aircraft for example use VHF radio but then they have would have the ability to change frequencies whereas when you buy just a marine VHF radio it is it is set on channels which are already pre-programmed uh, to those one, two, frequencies. Three, four, yeah, yeah, okay. But so, the actual frequency you could go to uh, one that you can change the actual frequency. We're talking like almost like your car radio, like you for, for like aircraft seven or yeah you know. for, for aircraft because each different area would have its own frequency, yeah. not not channel, so to speak. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, all right. So that's that one. That, that was the VHF. I had. Uh, I'm going back a little while here. Back to it was a trip we were, t- we were talking about before when we we're saying we we're a hundred k's up the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the video where we lost Red Dog. Oh yeah, off the off the side of the boat, and it. Go and watch the full YouTube video. Yeah, Golf Mud Crabbers. Yeah, uh, where'd it go? I just had it. It's a it's a very good watch. <sighs> very entertaining. What have you done? There's about four thousand comments in there. What happened to Red Dog? What happened to Red Dog? Go watch. Go <laughs> see. <laughs> Can we give a spoiler alert? Here it is. Okay, <laughs> the comment a huge oh, from one year ago now, but I didn't reply to it. Um, the, the comment was, these days don't trust like barnacles superglued to the turtles for the likes of CIA slash Pol Pot needle tube just isn't making the grade lost red dog saga. <laughs> okay, so this guy maybe smokes a little bit or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe should be on the zeros, yeah, on yeah. the bluefish. Honestly, I I think what they're getting at was they actually sort of spammed me quite a few messages there for a few comments. They're basically saying that the the red dog going missing was fake. Oh. We pretended um, that red dog went missing just so I could get views, and I had quite a few messages on TikTok. 
Yeah. Um, but even though this one was from YouTube Shorts, um, yeah, that one was from uh, several were from TikTok as well. People saying, "Oh no, you know, you're just um, trying to get views." You know, <laughs> like the dog didn't even go missing. I'm like, well. I don't know, like great idea to try and get views. And obviously not everything you see in my videos is 100% exactly how it happened. Like sometimes I make, I'll sort of fudge something where something we did over two days, I'll make it look like it was in one day or something like that, but like a whole incident. And then I videoed us actually finding the dog mm. and the excitement that we had from finding the dog after mm. it was lost overnight. What I didn't video is like the owner of the dog, like almost in tears that night because yeah. he was upset that he'd lost his dog. Yeah. And because that's the thing, I mean, because we went crabbing the next morning, like that first light, we, we went looking for the dog, but we sort of checked pots along the way as mm. we're looking for the dog. And then other people commenting like, oh, I can't believe you didn't go looking for your dog. And instead you're out there checking crab pots. Oh, I would have been doing this and that. It's like, oh man, like I can't. <laughs> well, the start, we had no idea where even where to start. Like you and I weren't even there when the dog Dog was already missing. missing by the time we got there in the houseboat. Yeah. So, yeah, so we didn't even know, well, no one knew even where to start looking to start with. So, and it's a fairly big system up there with a lot of different ways you can go. Yeah. So, so you, you, the the best course of action was just to go slowly up the river and just see if you could see him. Yeah. And ultimately found him up around the corner. Yeah, which I don't think any of us truly would have expected would find him. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. I didn't think we'd find him. Neither, no way. Yeah. But so. yeah, he was up there um, and it, it just happened to be where the boys had pulled up there um, yeah. before we arrived. And it like, cause it's all mangroves. You can't sort of, like you can't get out of the boat anywhere really. It's all really thick mangroves and stuff. Yeah. But it's where there is a tiny bit of a clearing and stuff there where um, where the boys had obviously pulled up the day before and put some stuff up on the bank or something like that to get out of the boat or something, I don't know. But yeah, um, but yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, the dog had obviously jumped out cause it had just been in the boat for three hours <laughs> and man against the sea yeah. getting there and thank goodness it, it um, stayed there for the night as well it could have gone exploring and yeah never would have seen it yeah again. gone looking for pigs there's a lot of pigs yeah. and stuff yeah. up around there so it could have gone bloody chasing yeah. pigs itself or something so. I'll tell you the other one that people well there's one person that in particular that doesn't believe it back in episode one or two of the podcast we talked about our mate that, oh, yeah. Tremaine yeah. that went missing out on the on the islands or well we didn't know he was missing until we found him, which is the, <laughs> the weirdest part about it. Um, but yeah, so he'd been stuck on North Island in, in extreme heat and that uh, for three days or whatever it was. Mm. Um, yeah, but we came back and and everything's all good. And then one of our mates who was actually a police officer in Boralora at the time, mm. um, he still to this day th thinks that that we did we did that for views like on uh, river monsters but that was who we were fil well, filming we, with you weren't even making videos at the time i don't think were you yeah i don't yeah, even know surely you, i was had you started well, maybe not i don't think i don't think you'd even started no, making maybe videos I did. yet um and so and like what we, we had nothing to gain out of it yeah like zero to gain out of it we, we, we were working on a contract with um uh you know the film company from yeah. the uk so we we we'd yeah, yeah all that was was well and truly um organized so it, like we, we didn't seek to benefit from it could have flopped we could have got nothing at all you know the whole show could have flopped for all yeah. we knew and like, we were still getting paid so we we're just yeah more or less just working hourly rate so yeah. so it's weird how people are just skeptical of things like i know i suppose mm. i am like if i see something on tv especially free-to-air tv mm. like... especially for the abc <laughs> <laughs> oh, no politics <laughs> yeah so it's just yeah weird that it's people can see like 
just doubt everything where, mm. where it's yeah our mate almost died and yeah then yeah, we, it's, it's we, quite would, frustrating we wouldn't for fake, us. we wouldn't fake that <laughs> yeah 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 it's definitely quite frustrating for us when people still don't believe you it's like well i don't know i don't know how we can prove it to you mate like yeah 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 go speak to him about it he'll tell you how real it was you got, what do you got? All right, back to the comments, mate. What do you is a comment or a message from someone? What do you got there, Bruss? Um, yep, just give me one second here. So we got, um, yep, young Harry. Good day, Ash and Mikey. Uh, hope you guys are both going well. My name is Harry. I'm a big fan of the podcast and the YouTube videos. Uh, I don't want to humbug you guys for advice, but hum, humbug. Not everyone would know what humbug is, I reckon. If you no. maybe if you're from like real down south, no, or I'd something. never heard of it before I came to the NT. Yeah, so um, humbug like means like me annoying, I suppose. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't we'll bother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't like don't humbug for money or don't humbug for a cigarette or yeah for beer or something. Like yeah, that. don't don't keep asking somebody for something or whatever. No, no stress, mate. All good. That's what we're here for. Don't want to humbug you guys uh, for advice. Would have planned a trip to King Ash Bay. Uh, in November, um, they've hired uh, a couple of houseboats, 14 of us from central Queensland. Oh, yeah. So uh, his queries are, is there anything that he should be thinking about or anything that I definitely need to organise for the trip? We'll be taking four or five boats. We're hoping to get into a few barra in the MacArthur and then out around the islands, get a few reef fish. Is there anything to be mindful of in that country? Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, blokes, Harry. Well, we can do a whole podcast on that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we've actually, I think we've replied to a heap of people already with bulk bloody, yeah, bulk things. But um, what are the main things, mate? November, um, that time of year, certainly certainly a good time of year. The club-wise, the everything will still be sort of open here in November. So you'll yep. still have access to, to fuel and more supplies. If you haven't brought whatever you need, you've, yep. you've still got access to that. Um, the fact that you're getting a couple of couple of houseboats with what fourteen blokes or whatever that's going to be a hell of a good trip. Just yeah. over cater your beer. Yep. We've spoken about this as well. Yeah, um, we recommend highly recommend uh, for drinkers if you're from Central Queensland, you're a big drinker, guaranteed. Yep, definitely, uh, uh, one carton of beer per person per day. Yeah, and then uh, you're going to drink more than you. Th- usually do especially in november and more than you think you will yeah especially and you can always take it home with you or leave it with with us or (laughs) (laughs) true story yeah yeah you can always take it home with you yeah it's better be looking at it than looking for it uh you can't get beer and stuff takeaway here so like when you're at king ash bay yeah there's nowhere to buy it yeah Yeah. unless you go to the bar and have drinks over the bar which you will um yeah we'd love you to yeah um but other than that, you can't buy takeaway alcohol here. Um, it's just, you, you know, you can get, I think, 15 cans or something from from Borodola, uh how many days a week. I don't know. It's very difficult, though. Yeah. It's way easier just to bring it with you. A lot cheaper as well. Um, yeah, you don't want to run out of beer. If you drink spirits, like, uh, usually I tell people to budget on half a bottle of spirits per person per night as well as one carton of beer per person per day. If you're, if you're a drinker, like if you normally have a few beers. Yeah. Because it sounds ridiculous. November, but- it is hot as anything, and you'll be you'll be smashing them back in the boat all day, um, and then you'll be beard out by nightfall, and you'll want to have a couple of rums or whatever it is you fancy before going to bed. Yeah. So I'd say yeah. fishing wise, uh, there's nothing special you need to bring, but um, yeah, if if you're coming to do some mostly barra fishing, then yeah, you're probably going to do some trolling. You want to have the option of doing some bait fishing. You want to have yeah. the option of flicking some soft plastics. Just you don't need to go overboard. Don't bring too much stuff, especially between 14 of you. There's going to be 
yeah if you all bring some stuff you're gonna have have all the gear you need a few rods each it's always handy to have mm. a few rods already rigged up just to quickly swap and change when definitely you need to. yeah definitely handy to have like at least a couple of like flicking rods trolling rods that sort yeah. of thing um yeah a couple of bait casters so you've got one for flicking one for trolling um you might have a spin set up for um you know if you're going out the islands and that as well you might want to you know throw some um silver slices at some tuna or a mackerel yeah, or something yeah, you know, you might wanna... there could be tuna still yeah yeah but they so, don't like the fresh water do they no nah, so reckon. maybe so what are we in now uh late january so um there's probably you wouldn't go out tuna fishing now for example not a lot yeah yeah but in november there's almost certainly still tuna around yeah if you and, get good days like yeah you you can burn through some fuel but you can go do a lot of miles get right out the top of the islands there and chase you know mackies yeah. and tuna and stuff redfish all that sort of all that sort of thing out around the out, outer reefs and that out around the islands yeah um so yeah a bit of a combination of gear like yeah as long as you got like a, a rod at least a rod for flicking and trolling um a rod for throwing like slices or poppers out out wide so you can really you know that's something you can cast really easily yeah. out of, in a long distance and then like a boat rod or you can use a handline like some people use handlines if you know what you're doing like you use handlines as well for bottom fish like yeah. goldies and jewfish and and things like that so, um, so yeah, an assortment of them sort of things. But like, in terms of like terminal tackle lures and stuff like that, like it's six of one, half a dozen the other. They they all pretty much work. Like we certainly like the Reedy's lures and stuff um, because you buy them and they've already got all, all the you know good trebles and everything, all the good rings and everything on them straight out of the box, so you don't have to fix anything up. Um, Gold bomb was a favourite with barras as well. Um, what else mate soft plastics and a sort of soft plastics will work out the reef and in the rivers and stuff for barra fishing the flats and that yeah you want an assortment of of um lures that you can get like deep water trolling in the deeper water um shallow diving lures that you can cast out in the flats or soft plastics that you can sort of do whatever with yeah because um, if if the tides are there for it like fishing up on the flats is is one thing which which you're literally in yeah. Bloody very shallow a half water, a meter of water or something. And then, then, but it's totally different if you're trolling the channels on the side of the flats, which can go down to three or four or five meters. Yeah, so it's just just bring a range of stuff. Um, uh, what we mentioned earlier in the in the in this podcast about channel eighty one, that would certainly be something I'd recommend if you're all because you, with uh, that many blokes, you'll have several boats. Yep. Um, I'd recommend all of you make sure you've got a, a VHF, VHF radio. radio. With um, oh, here's and, a little inside tip. Um, if one of you has Starlink, yeah, put it on the houseboat. It mm -hmm. it works even if the boat swings in the tide. Starlink will will mod, will move itself. Yep. Like on Ash's houseboat, we have Starlink, and uh, and it's it's a game changer. Yeah, yeah, that no, <laughs> makes it good. You put some bets on some dogs or something like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> you kick them back. Two or... stripey, <laughs> stripey wins. Uh, what forty percent of the time, every time. <laughs> uh, you can kick back, watch the cricket, or or anything like that. Yeah. So. Um, november yeah the cricket will be on by yeah. then um yeah starlink's one good thing but the other thing is too like although we've got the radio repeater here you don't like like i certainly don't rely on it 100 percent. like as we speak at the moment we've got a couple of issues with it with storms and stuff around um because it, it is just solar panels charging a couple of batteries on the with basically two radios one as a receiver and one as a transponder transceiver so um uh at the moment it's not it's us at the moment so it's not working yeah um so if uh, someone goes out there i've never even i've never been there never seen it whoever goes out there i'd like to see if they can, we can get some photos out there yeah actually we'll try and we'll try and do that to show yeah. people and even for my own i don't know what it looks like out there yeah i don't my old man's been out there 
yeah, yeah, we'll try and get that sorted. Um, but yeah, obviously at the moment the radio's down, um, middle of the wet season, so it's a bit hard to get out there. We sort of need a helicopter to get out there, otherwise it's a long walk through the bush to get to the actual tower. Right up the hill. Up the hill. Yeah. So um, and if you've got to carry stuff like batteries and things, you don't want oh, to be. Bugger that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get you tomorrow, eh? We'll... <laughs> yeah, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a bit of a mission. So. Yeah. Um, no, we're working on getting that sorted though. It'll be so, so well and truly sorted before the season starts. But just if you are here that time of year, obviously we do start getting thunderstorms and that sort of thing. So make sure you bring a rain jacket. People don't think think that a lot. Yeah. Like um. Oh, even if you're going out the islands and that to get something, just like if it does chop up and depends on what boats you're in, you can have a wet boat and yeah, yeah just getting sprayed and that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth worth the jacket's definitely worth it. Yep. Yep. For yeah. sure. So that these fellas, they're coming in November. I think I had a couple of questions here lined up, which one is a similar sort of question. They're coming in April. This is from Whitey321. A month ago, um, commented on Guys in the Gulf on our episode five. Um, he says, great information. I'm coming up to King Ash Bay at the end of April. Is this still a peak time for Barra? Uh, anyways, boys, love your potty. Keep it up. Cheers, Tim. Um, so yes, April is definitely peak time for Barra. Mm. There are some groups that come here every year, um, like whether they're uh, lodge groups that stay in King Ash Bay Lodge, yep. um, or if they're houseboat groups, they come. They book every April, and yep. and a lot of the time our Easter comp is obviously Easter moves every year, which is early this year, but uh, Easter sometimes in April, and that's always Easter comps always sort of synonymous with Barra Monday, you know. Yep. So it's definitely a good time for Barra. It is the time of year. Um, we're sort of just coming out of that cyclone season, so it's unlikely to get a cyclone in April. Yeah, still got a bit of rain. Um, yeah, it could be storms and that. Yeah, but yeah, definitely good. It's a good time of year. Yeah, uh, we, 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 have, love, we, we love April. We, that, have, we have groups like the State of the Lodge that have like some will come in April, um, May even, yeah. and then other other guys will book um, like September, October, or November. Yeah, and so like that, that yeah, but yeah, certainly April is definitely in the in one of the, the better months for it. Having said that, you can come here all year round and catch Barra. Yes, definitely. Um, the, probably the two slowest months would be December and January. Uh, yeah. Well, certainly late December and um, and most of January. Yeah. And, and maybe I wouldn't even e- early Feb. Yeah, and I wouldn't even recommend anyone to come here then. Um, yeah, it's But you, you can. Yeah, we've got a couple of campers in, in, in the yeah. camp now. But... Um, and you can come, and it, what the good things are, like I love it this time of year because there's bugger all people here. You can you won't see another person anywhere, um, unless you go to the shop of an afternoon to get something. Like you're not going to see anyone around, or unless you go to the bar. The bar's three nights a week at the moment, so other than that, you won't see anyone around. It's just you know, some people might like just kicking back in their camper trailer, caravan, or whatever, and yeah. you know, yeah. The catharsis. only thing you'll hear is either old mate mowing the lawns. Yeah, or uh, or a big afternoon storm every now and then, like today. Yeah, like today, a couple of times. We <laughs> <laughs> had a hell of a storm today. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, it was it was a monster actually. Yeah, usually when you get a big storm come over, you get sometimes you get one big crack of thunder, like it's just over the top of you. But we, we had a lot, <laughs> it, dozens. Yeah, it, it it hung over the top of us for a while. Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> Glad I wasn't stuck out in the boat somewhere. Uh, yeah. So um, no, so like that doesn't really matter 
it doesn't really matter what time of year you come. There are certainly better times though, and, and April's definitely one of the better times. Um, otherwise, yeah, later in the year as well, October. Yeah. October is certainly our busiest month, like for the lodge. Yeah, and by, by April, the server will be open every day. Whether they're yeah. full hours yet, I'm not sure, but but it'll def yeah. it'll definitely be every day they're open. And they'll probably be open twice a day. Yeah, if they're not open all day, they'll be open like in the morning for a few hours and then in the yeah. afternoon for a few and hours. The, and the club will be open every day, like and, the bar, the grill. Yeah, it's, and, that, it's, and that's another thing too. Like, don't stress too much about what gear you bring. Bring what you got. Don't you know? You don't have to go and spend a million bucks on gear. Um, and if there is something that you you're short on when you get here, like you can go to the servo. The servo's got, you know, like it is you know quite sizable in the the range of stuff that they got for fishing and stuff, like in terms of lures and stuff. And they don't like they don't sell stuff that we don't use here. You know, like everything they've got is stuff that you you use here. So. Um, and, and it's like you don't have to worry about price too because it's pretty good pricing, um, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, so don't stress too much if you're not, not really sure. Yeah. And also don't stress about the hours that are open as well because they've got 24-hour fuel. Yeah, 24-hour fuel there as well. So yeah. so yeah. if you do get in late or need to leave early and it's not open, yeah, as long as you've got a, um, a card. Uh, credit card or yeah. debit card or whatever, you can, yeah, they've got the outdoor payment terminal there. And same with like ICE as well, like... Um, you can get ice from the servo 24 hours. If they're not open, you can just write your details up and then fix it up when you come back in. Or yep. same for the club, you can go and do it at the bar as well. Yep. If you're leaving the bar late at night and you want a bag of ice, you can grab a bag of ice and, yeah. and, and so, take it. So and, more details on that. So at, at the at the servo here and at, at the club, um, at that Grapers Bar and Grill, there's big deep freezers outside and you can just, yeah, 24 hours a day, you can go up and, and take ice and then they'll have... Um, like a little board up, you write your name down and you come back later that day and pay it when yeah. they're open. Yeah, so it's pretty convenient. Any time of day, if you've run out of uh, ice for your uh, Captain Morgan and Cokes. Which does happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just noticed above that one from uh, from Tim there was uh, Stephen McIntyre. Um, he, he's the comment. I won't even read the comment. It was just like a personal comment to me. But... Um, but yeah, he, he um, he's a bit of a legend. I think he watches all, all my videos and all of our podcasts. And um, he was one of the people that I met up with him on my drive down uh, to southeast Queensland. He actually yeah. he, he actually brought a six pack of beer with him. Yeah, he, he wheeled into the drive thru and he's like, "Oh, you can have a beer with me, mate." I'm like, "Oh, all right, yep." <laughs> I was doing a couple hundred gays to go, but okay. Jazzy's yeah, driving. Yeah, Jazzy, <laughs> you're driving. Yeah, so that was that was pretty good. He he definitely and and he rocked up in uh he rocked up in the merch as well. He was wearing the merch and he bought some merch. Yeah, a bit oh. of a legend. So, cheers, mate. Thanks for the support. <laughs> bit of a shout out. Oh. What else we got, mate? A couple more we can have a look at. Yeah, yeah, definitely we can have a look. Let's just let's just keep it rolling, mate. We'll keep rolling. People can can listen to us while we fumble through our phones. Yeah. There's lots of people um, commenting in um, stuff for the the golf mud crabbers playlist that we've got on Spotify. So this is yeah. the music playlist, golf mud crabbers, um, and yeah. So there's just lots of songs in there that that we love for for different reasons and people are starting to message us suggestions. Some of them, like for example, old mate here, James Merrick, messaged two different songs, uh, Hunting, Fishing and Loving Every Day by oh, Luke Bryan, Luke Bryan. Yeah. which I didn't add straight to it, even though it's a really good song and we both we both love Luke Bryan. Yeah. Um, but then the second one he suggested was Buy Me A Boat by Chris Jansen, yeah. um, which that song for us, I can't believe it wasn't already on the list. <laughs> I just added it straight to the list because I'm like, that was a song when it first came out, we were listening, Ash and I were listening to that on continuous repeat basically for, yeah, a long time. Yeah, so that's, a, that's 
Yeah, even like I hadn't even heard of a Yeti before and he's got that Yeti 110 iced down with yeah. some silver bullets. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what silver bullets were, <laughs> which are cans of... Something, Cool's Light or Bud Light or something. Yeah, or beers, yeah. Something somebody correct yeah. us, please. So that's that's when I first heard about Yetis, mm. like Yeti Cools and that. Yeah, mm. Yeti 110. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Now everything's Yeti. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, another Spotify one, another Spotify one. Heaps of people just, uh, someone... Brett James says, uh, great job, fellas. Keep them coming. Like, comments like that, feel free to message those. Oh, we'll, we read all the comments. It, sometimes we don't get back to them straight away, but we always read them. So, um, yeah, so keep those comments coming through. I see you've got a long one there, Bruss. What's that one? Yeah, mate, um, from uh, Mitchell. Thanks, Mitchell. Uh, Mikey Ash, loving the podcast, fellas. Whenever I go on a long drive, I chuck the podcast on for a few episodes. Keen for the next lot to come out. Yeah, sorry, mate, we, didn't, we missed a couple of weeks there. Um, Over yeah, Christmas, my yeah. bad. Um, can you for the next lot to come out? He's got a quick story for us. Um, we have a few blokes that head up to Karamba on a fishing trip each year. Good week long getaway with the boys fishing it every day with a couple of beers in between. Good on you, mate. Sounds like our sort of do. Last year, my uncle Damo put his back out while we're in some rough sea heading up the coast. Sounds like some market too. <laughs> Uh, put his back out into rough sea, heading up the coast to one of our uh, systems south of Karumba. It was the very first day of the trip and he was in agony. Uh, it dropped the morale as it does, mate. We've been in that situation before where we've had, uh, not just you, I think we've had Froggy's put his back out before when we've been out in the boat and it does definitely drop morale because it um, makes it bloody hard when somebody's not feeling it. Um, yeah. <laughs> It dropped the morale of the crew and uh, we felt pretty sorry for him. Anyway, long story short, shout out to the big Leroy, a bloke that he met at the pub at Arvo. Pretty sure he was a physio or chiropractor of some sort. He ficked his back right up for him and uh, was good as gold for the rest of the week. So, yeah, if you could give a shout out to Leroy at Caramba for Uncle Damo. <laughs> good on you, Leroy. Hey, if you're not a trip to King Ash, can you come see oh, Mikey, mate? <laughs> Sick of him whinging every time we go out. <laughs> oh, I do. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get fat, kids. Not, not when you're my age, don't get fat. Even the smallest amount of chop. Although we were out in the boat, what, uh, two days ago? Yeah, yeah. In your crab boat, just having a run out there, which we can talk more about in the next episode. Um, but, yeah, it was choppy. It wasn't, there was no swell as such, but it was choppy. And um, I, was at the, I was at the front of the boat and I was absolutely struggling because my back was every little bang, 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 bang on every little bit of chop. As a result of my back hurting, I'm all clenched up. My ankles, my knees were sore. I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> so my knuckles are sore. Yeah, and I just, and I, I know that like down the back of the boat, it, it's calmer. But um, Ash says, "Oh, just go down the back, go down the back." I'm like, "All right, fine." I go down there, and I'm sitting there. It's just like a different boat. Like I'm hands free. <laughs> I was literally sitting there going, <laughs> yeah, it, "It was a totally different boat." <laughs> yeah, it's incredible what difference that makes. If you literally, Ooh. like, the physics of it, obviously, is the, the pivot point. Yeah. So the, the back of the boat doesn't go up and down very much, but the front of the boat, being your crab boat, yeah, you, yeah. You go every, you're going up and down the whole yeah. full length of the wave, you know? Yeah, bang, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, a funny thing. You sit on the on the uh, river at the bar or, the, you know, at, um, up at the club here of an evening or whatever, and you, you watch all the tinnies come back in the afternoon, especially during the dry season, and you've got... <laughs> Generally speaking, the typical thing is like a three seven five, a rooftop yeah. or something like that with a twenty horsepower uh, outboard, and you've got uh, dads driving, yeah. mums up the front, right <laughs> of the bow, bang 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 bang, oh. <laughs> every single 
Every Poor single mom. time. Poor mum. Yeah, if you're listening, mum, sit down in the back. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell dad to sit at the front and you drive. You, yeah. you, you won't believe the difference. Because when you're saying it's rough and you're complaining to him, he's like, it's not rough. It's fine. This is, this is nothing. But yeah, if you're sitting at the front of the boat, it's vastly different from the back, even in a tinny, especially in a tinny. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, those little buddy crock biscuits, as we call them. Yeah, yeah, plenty of them getting around. Here's another similar one from to, you, to old mate coming in November. Um, he they've booked two houseboats for October for eight nights. He says this podcast is a pot of gold, so it's obviously being uh, being good for him. Obviously, a first timer coming up here, been watching for a long time. Uh, would love uh, would love a podcast on the houseboats. Uh, and usual locations, seem people seem to anchor up for a week. Um, about the creeks, yeah. So the main places that the houseboats will typically go is what the mouth of the Macarthur, the mouth of the Crooked, and the mouth of the Carrington Creek. Yeah, not so much the Carrington, but well, like don't the, that often. Not, not, not a lot. No. Okay, so the, it's the, Macarthur or Crooked. Um, I think the vast majority is yeah the Crooked um, down yep. the Crooked or down the Macarthur, but um, yeah, maybe we will have to get Damo on for. a chat mate. yeah right yeah when that demo's not here at the moment he's yeah. bloody gallivanting around yeah. tasmania i think yeah yeah he'll be good for a yarn or two i'm sure as well yeah yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> talk about houseboat mastering <laughs> <laughs> yeah. houseboat mastering so uh, uh nah, damo's got some good yarn so um yeah when um when damo gets back we might see if he wants to come and have a, have a chat and then we can probably yeah go do do a bit of a thing on on houseboats and how it works and yeah, yeah. That would be a good insight for people, I think, especially first-timers that are coming yeah, to, yeah, to hire a boat at, for the what, first time. what they want to do. Because it is pretty hard. Like, um, yeah, a lot of the year, like obviously the peak times for houseboats, cabins, and like us at the lodge is early in the year and later in the year. Mm. But like even in the middle of the year, it is getting increasingly more difficult to get bookings and stuff. So, yep. so um, yeah, it would be good to get a bit more information out there so that people can make their decision on what they want to do and then try and try and get in because like, the place is just getting busier and busier and yeah there's a message here from Laren which I reckon we met Laren this year was when he introduced himself shake his hand Laren he's like oh, Laren he's like yeah Laren as in laryngitis <laughs> and I reckon Laren his his trip was cut short there was a bad news in the family somewhere oh. and he had to leave quickly but he, oh, he did go fishing a couple of days I'm sure well there wouldn't be two Larens would there I'm pretty sure this will be the Laren that we met. You would have met him. But his question was, hey, Mike and Ash, love the podcast. Couple of ideas. How about discussing NT fishing rules and regs? Example, size limits, crab pot limits, green zones. And also ask the question to Ash, how did he, how did, oh my God, how did start, oh, it's word wrong. How did he, he meant to say, how did he start his crabbing profession? Wow. So that was the old pen. The, that last question, that was like yeah, crabbing one, crabbing one's an easy one to answer because that was yeah, basically pandemic. So um, had a couple of businesses, sort of like but all, all King Ash Bay, all in tourism. So yeah, um, fishing charters and accommodation, like um, the lodge, obviously King Ash Bay Lodge. Yeah. So because of our proximity to, to Borrelola, this was considered a what do they call it a biosecurity zone yeah so, so King you, Ash Bay was shut down basically well you could you couldn't travel from interstate to the territory to start with but then because we were in the biosecurity zone you couldn't even come from Catherine or Darwin or anything so we couldn't even have um you know local sort of people come and well, come and visit come during that time yeah so 
so we were sort of bugged. We had zero trade. So we went, you know, from having really, really good bookings for that season to having zero. And then um, so we, we basically survived for the first year on not much. And then the second year, we got bits and pieces, like people were starting to be able to travel again. So we'd like one group would make it and then the next one wouldn't. And then so it was just really, really difficult, um, you know, and the the flip side of it is, is people don't even realize when that happened it's not just the stuff you miss out on then it's like all the people planning their stuff stop planning so then all of a sudden you you you're not even like you're not getting deposits in or anything like that for the following year or or, or anything so so it sort of it like it projects into the future you know what i mean so and then because people haven't planned it for next year, then they don't oh, come the following so even year. even after it opened up again. Yeah. So but, but you still had a, a huge flow-on effect of, of... Yeah, there's a bit of lag time between... between. So so obviously, um, I was pretty lucky because um, we are still running my truck to Darwin every week, taking the live mud crabs to Darwin and um, bringing a bit of freight back. So, um, which you're allowed to do that, obviously. Um, uh, commercial thing was allowed to operate like that. And... Um, I was jumping in the truck every now and again doing a run for my old man, save him driving every week. And, um, yeah, just spoke to one of the agents that I've known for a long time, just said, um, you know, look, I'm just sitting at home doing nothing. Like, got the Cox and Stick Boat and Survey, whatever. You know, if um, if it's possible to get a licence next season or whatever, and if somebody's, you know, because at, at that time there was a couple of people that were moving around and, and pulling out, you know, retiring and stuff, so... And um, yeah, I was able to get a foot in the door there and, and able to lease a license. So I started doing that. And then um, obviously we continued running the charter business afterwards, but um, had someone doing it for us, um, which was okay for a bit. But it's like with insurances and stuff, if you're not doing it yourself, it's just it's just way too expensive. So so um, ended up selling that and then yeah, just continued on crabbing. Because it's just yeah, just trying to diversify, obviously, and and I well, like I really like it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. it's good fun, and um, and it's it suits me a lot better um, being able to do stuff for the club then as well, like because obviously you still you know spend a lot of time doing stuff for the club, so crabbing gives me the opportunity to do that as well without costing me too much, you know. So yeah, whereas before, if you're doing fishing charters all the time, you've got stuff booked in, you have to go that day. You don't. You, you, you know you don't have any option but to I do it you mean, yeah. whereas doing this uh, it's flexible I can I can pick and choose my days what, when I do things when we when we plan meetings or or anything you know if something important's coming up we can plan around it so so yeah so that's how I got into crabbing um, so it was basically because you had no money coming in <laughs> so you're like pretty, pretty need much. to make money so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's a single so, swim mate that was, that was it so, yeah. uh, oh it sort of worked out like long term it's worked out well oh, as you said awesome. you enjoy yeah, it, it, yeah. And it's, it yeah, yeah I love it yeah no it's really good yeah. and it's certainly completely different to what I thought it would be too like yeah. it's, it's a lot better than I thought it would be um, you know um, I may have been um, pessimistic about the whole industry before getting into it so but now now that I see how, how things are managed and how it works like yeah it's, it's a really good industry to be yeah. in and, and a lot of really good people in it and um you know, it's sort of like, well, as you know, like here, it's a big family of guys that do it and stuff. Yeah. So, you you know, everyone, it, although everyone does their own thing, you sort of feel like you're part of a team a little bit, like in your, your you know, yeah, everyone looks after each other and, yeah. you know. Well, that's what you see on Crab Load Up Day when all the boats yeah. are down there and everyone just hooking in, helping each other. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, it yeah. is good. So Even like I'm sort of pseudo part of the family as well. <laughs> like I'm obviously not a mud crabber, but... 
I'm, I'm yeah. in, in amongst it all the time. Yeah, mate. yeah. Like, yeah I'm, I'm, part, of, I'm yeah. part of the family. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, there's always <laughs> there's always a few um, hangers on, mate, that are always around yeah. helping out and stuff. So that's uh, good. Um, in terms of some of the other things, though, like uh, rules and regulations. Obviously, the best thing is because once this goes out, it'll be out from forever. So yes. the best thing to do is, is if you're coming and you're going to do some fishing here, uh, download NT Fishing Mate app. It's got all everything in there. Yeah. Like, and um, it's pretty basic in the Northern Territory. It, it Our is, rules are it very, is very, very basic. basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could run through some things like you know legal size on the barrows, 55 centimeters, no close season for them, you know things like that. But um, and there's only a handful of fish that have a size limit. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So we have um, we have more uh, bag bag possession limits, yeah. bag limits than um, than size limits, um, which we've spoken about previously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the best thing to do by far is to go and download the Fishing Mate app because, like, you might be listening and you might not be coming here. You might be going to Darwin. Or you might be going to, you know, Nullumboy or something like that, or Grid Island or whatever. There's, they're mostly the rules are the same territory wide, but there are some places like the Daly River and Mary River and places where there are um, fish management zones and things. Yeah, they've so, got like one little odd rule, like especially with Barra to do with the. Yeah, you're only that. The, They've got a maximum size. Well, there's all different things like there's certain things, yeah. yeah oh, so and close like the mouth of the daily. There, there's a closed uh, season. There's well, there's there's closed sections in places, and then there's also what you can use as tackle as well in some places. Oh, like some yes. places only single hook, no yes, treble, that, no treble. If you're fishing from shady camp, barbless hooks only. Even land by standing on the barrage at, at shady camp, mm -hmm. yeah, sing, single hooks only. And that's that's to do with uh, protecting the the under because there's a lot of undersized fish there. If you yeah. want, if all you want to do is catch your first ever first ever barramundi wild barramundi in the Northern Territory, I'd say go to Shady Camp Barrage and and mm -hmm. go and have one cast and catch yourself a little rat barra about that big. Yeah, you know, like there, there's so many there. So as a result, using trebles, you're going to damage the fish and yeah. yeah. So that's why they have that, those sorts of rules in place. Yeah, yeah, but I'll, yeah, like I said, jump online, get that, or you know, they've got the iPhone or bloody whatever. You can download the app, and it's got all the information there. Yeah, um, it, King Ash Bay. If you come in here, um, in the office, when you first arrive, pull in the office, they've got all the booklets are in in there. Oh, um, the girls have so much information there yeah. about about everything. Yeah, yeah. and and like all all the um, fisheries related stuff. There's there's plenty of pamphlets and stuff there with all the information. Same as if you stay at the lodge, like we have the all the information on posters and stuff there about what you can and can't do. So I got one, um, one more uh, message here. I just like Facebook messages? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. On uh, Golf's Golf Facebook page uh, from uh, Kirk. And this is about, um, oh, he mentions it here about uh, the podcast Royal, mate, in uh, oh, Gold yeah. Coast in April, mm. which uh, you bought your tickets the other day. <laughs> he, was, he was going to buy tickets the other day. He was going to buy first class too, Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to use up all your credits. It was going to be, it was going to be business class, but I was going to use all of the oh, business credit. Oh, yeah, I was going to be dead down the back with all the bloody rest of the livestock, and he was going to be sitting at the pointy end. But uh, uh, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, uh, from Kirk. Hey, fellas, just wanted to write in and say that I'm really enjoying the podcast. Uh, they are very relevant for most fish shows who are visiting or even locals. I certainly didn't know that the King Ash Bay region had so much to offer. Also, side note, opposite the convention centre on the Goldie is an awesome Italian restaurant called the... I'm going to get the name wrong. Gemelli? Gemelli? I don't know. But opposite the uh, convention centre anyway. Gemelli. <laughs> Gemelli. <laughs> if you're into that sort of food, so um, we are. Uh, book in and have a wicked feed. 
Um, highly recommend the crab linguine. Well, if we're down there, mate, we're gonna get getting stuck into some crab. We're gonna eat some uh, some territory product. Crab linguine, mm. crikey! What do you Sounds reckon, all right. Mate? So, uh, so have you, you booked your tickets or? Still, oh, I haven't, man. Still getting... oh, it's such a big trip, and I've been such a big. Is it quick? Well, it's like four days. <laughs> I've been tossing up. It's just a big commitment, bruss. Big commitment. <laughs> I've got a bloody family at home, you know. <laughs> oh, look. I'll book the tickets tonight, hey? We'll yeah, go yeah. all the... the, the it's 10 past six. The bar's open right now. Mm. It's Tuesday, so the bar's open. Um, I'll, I'll book them tonight while we're sitting at the bar, eh? We're going to get amongst it. Yeah. All right. Do you, you got any... Oh, I've got a song I, I want to um, nominate for yeah. the Golf Mud Crabbers playlist. Yep. So this one was actually sent to me by my mate Leon. Um, I've known Leon for... Oh, must be 15 years now. And... Um, yeah, I saw him just recently and, and he told me he listens to every podcast and uh, watches every video. So, g'day, Leo, mate. G'day, Russ. Hope, hope you and the family are going well. Um, where's where's he at? Down at uh, Bundaberg. At Bundaberg, oh. yeah. Um, Coming down the Gold Coast, mate. The last weekend in April, Mike will be there. Yeah, podcast real, but, but he will, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some crab linguine. <laughs> um, these heavy beers, I'm not sure if I'll do this again. <laughs> I feel like I've turned into a bit of a clown, but anyway, um, yeah. So his his recommendation is a song that that you and I already know is uh, "By Dirt" by Jordan Davies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and because I don't know the name Jordan Davies, I had to go double check and make sure it's the song that I thought it was, and it is. So Jordan Davies does it by himself, but he also does uh, a colla- uh, what's it called a duet. duet of this song with Luke Bryan. Yeah. Yeah, by Dirt. It's a very good song. Just off camera before I mentioned 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 it to Ash, and he said, oh, "You're a dog. Don't laugh at me." <laughs> he had four beers. We he's, he's dusted. It was probably the big espresso martini I had before oh, I yeah. came well, down. I didn't have any of them. <laughs> um, yeah, by Dirt, Jordan Davies. Yeah, so we spoke off camera, and we're like, "Oh yeah, that is a good song." So that was that one. Probably I'm nominating that. That's going straight to the list, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got, Russ? I've got um, almost home. Who's that by? Craig Morgan. But it's a, it's a, it's an old. I reckon it's an old song, but it's um, been uh, redone again by uh, Craig Morgan with um, with Jelly Roll as well. Oh yeah, I did Jelly Roll last week. Jelly Roll is topical at the moment, so he is so. But um, but no, it's a really 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 good song. I see he's um, got a personal trainer. Oh yeah, Gary Brecker. Yeah, is it Gary Brecker? Oh, I don't, know. I don't know his name, but who's he's... the guy that's on buddy that does all the fitness stuff? Is it Gary Brecker? I, think I don't know, but he's talking about Jelly Roll losing bloody 200 pounds this year or something. He's like, he's going to do it. Like, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Gary Brecker. 250 Brecker, pounds. The, the, the yeah. guy that's He's like, like a celebrity um, weight loss dude yeah, or something. Gary yeah, Gary Brecker. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's him. Yeah. Yeah, check him out on TikTok. Yeah, he's the one that like tells you to drink salt water and that he eat, oh, just, yeah. eat just meat and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's the one that uh, like Dan White and stuff talks about all the time and yeah. Joe Rogan talks about all the time yeah, and okay. stuff. and. Um, right into his fitness. Yeah, he's like the. Oh, we'll see if we can get him down here to borrow all the mate. Yeah. <laughs> King like Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, Gary. <laughs> uh, inbox, mate. We'll see cool. if we can get back to you. All right. Let's shut this down, Russ, before I make a fool of myself. All right, Russ. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Guides in the Gulf. 